Will you please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations on all of our hearts be worthy in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. You know it's going to be good with a title like that. Oh gosh, here we go. Two people were condemned to death in Boston, Massachusetts on October 27, 1659. They were accused of a crime that they had that had been outlawed by the Massachusetts legislature only a year before. One that they openly committed, one that they openly admitted that they committed. Their crime that led to their deaths was being Quakers, a unique congregational Christian denomination that believed that the presence of God could be found in all people. The Puritan Christians that made up the Massachusetts colony disagreed with the Quaker religious beliefs, and therefore banished all Quakers, threatening death to all those who returned. The two men, Marmaduke Stevenson and William Robinson, were both hung for their protest of this law as Quakers. This is one of the many times we've seen the terror of combining religious fervor into governance. When politics and religion influence one another in unhealthy ways. Though our country was founded on the idea of freedom of religion, we have not escaped the ideas that drove the first colonists to America in the first place. It is extremely easy to believe that since our God gives us commandments and laws, that our own laws should be based upon those. Many people on both sides of the political aisle use the laws of the Bible to support their own ideas of how governments should be run. However, the Bible is not designed to be used as a modern day platform of laws. We all know that there are famous, the famous Ten Commandments found in the Old Testament, and we know why these laws are used today, because they are so universal. But the laws of Moses actually equal out to 613 separate laws that the ancient Hebrew people had to follow. And let me tell you, quite a few of them don't translate into our modern American Let's go down the list. Stoning rebellious children, although I'm sure a few people are here for that. Killing people who commit adultery. The proper ways to sacrifice animals. What animals are considered clean and unclean to eat. Stoning people who blaspheme. The exile of people born out of wedlock. There are a few laws that we would consider barbaric in our time and in our country. 
Yet often enough, we try to base our laws on these of the ancient Hebrews. Whether it is the banning of gay marriage to the support of abortion through the personhood of a fetus. People try to turn the laws of Moses into answers to political questions, looking for God's will in the laws of the Old Testament. But these laws don't reflect our world today, nor should they. The Bible was not designed to be a political handbook to the modern world, to give us answers to how God feels we should run our country. It may tell us about God and God's relationship with humanity, but not how to make our laws. The laws of the Old Testament were not made for us. They were written for a specific people in a specific place and time. That is what our reading today is all about. In the book of Exodus, Moses takes the whole people, the whole Hebrew people, to Mount Sinai, where he saw God in the burning bush. There, God proclaims to the people, Now, therefore, if you obey and keep my covenant, you shall be a treasured possession out of all peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine. But you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. Then God gives the people the commandments that the people shall follow if they want to be God's chosen people. Many of the laws in the Old Testament are designed to make the Hebrew people different and set apart for God from the rest of the world. The laws on what is clean and unclean what the people are allowed to do and not do are not necessarily based on what God considers good, but what makes the people stand out and holy compared to the other nations. It didn't matter to God what the other nations did or ate, only Israel. Even if all the laws of Israel applied to us now, though, Jesus change the way the laws worked. It is stated by Paul in many of his letters that Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Christians are not bound by the laws of Moses, though they may still be looked to for guidance. Simply put, the laws of Moses were meant for a certain people in a certain time, and Christians using the laws to prop up their political views are not using the law for what it was meant for. Lastly, we are different from Israel. We are a representative republic. We are not a theocratic country, no matter what our dollar bill says on them. We are made up of people of every race, creed, and religion, some with no religion at all. We, as Christians, would hardly want another group of people coming in and making laws based on their religion. So why would we want the same for them? Now, 
I'm not saying we shouldn't let the Bible influence our politics. In fact, I argue that being a person of faith means that your faith and your beliefs impact your political views. But what doesn't work is using the Bible to justify your political stance that you've already made your mind up about. When the Bible becomes a tool to justify our political stance, it stops being a book about God. Instead, it becomes a prop that political parties use to show God supports them and changes their opponents into spawns of the devil. That, my friends, is not faith. That's power wearing faith as a mask. The church is meant to stand up to the powers that be, correcting and guiding as Jesus guided. But when we go to the Bible to find support for our own arguments, our own views, we take a book that should be timeless when read with open hearts and smash it into our modern molds it was never meant to fit into. This doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't have things to say to our modern times. But God speaks to us out of our sacred text with its own message and its own good news, one that is unique and constantly challenging our world. If we force the word of God to speak what we want it to speak, instead of going into it looking for wisdom, it stops being sacred and becomes profane. As the book of Hebrews says, indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joint from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We believe our God still speaks to us, and therefore we must listen not ascribe our own words to God's. Amen.